Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you tennis fans out there. Hopefully you get to enjoy this momentous occasion by doing the thing we all love so much, watching a little bit of tennis. I am fortunate enough to get to spend all day with my greatest Valentine, super producer Daniel Westoff and I, on the road for day nine of our journey across the Midwest to cover college and professional tennis. We are en route this morning to Madison, Wisconsin to call this year's Men's Division I National Indoor Championships. Chris Halliorce and I are going to be on that play-by-play call all weekend long, getting to watch 16 of the top teams in the country compete for the year's first national championship. And look, it is minus 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit outside. There is no better time to be playing indoor tennis than right now if you are in this Midwest in Wisconsin. So it's going to be exciting for us to be indoors. Excited to do that all weekend long. Hopefully you listeners will be following along with us. Before I get into today's mini break, I want to remind you all that our podcast is brought to you by our friends at Diadem Tennyson great story today. I get to take this a new direction. Yesterday, Daniel Westhoff and I spending our last day at the WTA 100K, the inaugural Kentucky Open. It was such a fantastic event. That will be the first event I break down today, but we're sitting in the lobby just waiting to do a couple of player interviews. Francoise Abanda, Claire Liu, all these interviews, by the way, you can find on our YouTube channel. Just search at Cracked Rackets. I believe the podcasts are, or the audio is out in podcast form on our Cracked Interviews podcast as well. But we're sitting in the lobby, and, you know, players are filtering in and out all day long, shuttling from the hotel and back, practicing, getting ready for matches, etc. We're just sitting there, and a player walks in. And Westoff and I, you know, normally you get a little bit numb. You're like, oh, it's another player, whatever. And what do I do? I get a little nudge on the shoulder. And I go, what? Like, what do you want, Westoff? What are you going to possibly ask me around? He goes, dude, dude. I'm like, what? He goes, she's got a diadem bag. I'm like, no way, man. And, of course, we had another diadem user, another professional tennis player out there using diadem rackets. If it's good enough for them, folks, we promise it's good enough for you. I saw that diadem bag. I chased it. I'm like, ma'am, I have to ask you, what do you like about your diadem experience? And look, she says, it's, it's get the, it gets the best out of my game. It's good enough for the pros. It can be good enough for you as well. If you use our promo code right now, CR50, 50% off your first order and all of your orders. So, you know, we keep seeing it pop up. Be on the forefront. You don't want to be behind. You don't want it to be two years from now. Everyone's using diadem rackets, and you're like, oh, man. Like, I'm pretty sure I could have had a promo code back in the day. Could have been on front of the curtain. It'll be like Apple stock. Get in now while it's before it's too hot, uh, and we promise you will enjoy uh, the way you are playing with their product. That being said, Westhoff, give me a little bit of a Valentine's Day sound effect before we rock and roll. 
So let's get into the tennis now. Uh, as I mentioned, Westoff and I en route from the Kentucky Open. Been such a fun week for us in Nicholasville. So uh, we're so grateful to our friends at the Top Seed Tennis Club for all of their help, all of the access they provided us. It was just great to be on the ground for a WTA event like this. And yesterday was round of 16 day. We had eight high-quality singles matches to go along with doubles play as well. Got to see some really fun battles throughout the day. I want to recap them first. Let's start uh, with our first match on the day, a battle between two uh, former top juniors in the world, Canada's Francoise Abanda, the former number four junior in the world, 23 years old now. Uh, She took on, I know it's Kentucky and we don't have to get into Midwest politics, but for the sake of the tournament, I'm going to say hometown favorite Katie McNally, who, you know, from Navy. Ohio borders uh, the state. She had clearly a big support group there. Uh, and so this was the, the opening match on stadium court, and it was a battle. Uh, Katie McNally gets the early break. She's so comfortable playing indoors, the big serve, the big forehand moving forward. It was all on display early on, but credit to the Canadian, Francoise Abanda. I mean, she did such a good job of changing directions on Katie McNally, finding the outer third. She goes down an early break in the first. I believe breaks back at three all. That five all game, uh, McNally threw in three double faults, but also threw in some big serves, big forehands as well to fight her way back from a couple of break points. But Abanda was just consistent. Any second serve she thought, she, or she saw, she took it inside the baseline. Uh, she moved forward to the net as well. Didn't allow McNally to consistently be the aggressor uh, for the second straight match we see that McNally backhand getting targeted by her opponent and you know whenever McNally would throw in the slice Abanda was on top of that ball changing directions taking it early Uh, she played aggressive and so she takes that first set 7-5 and actually before I get to that second set shout out to our super producer Daniel Westoff who caught me there it's I'm mixing names it's what happens when we're on the road for this long Uh, we had the chance to talk to Francoise after her match yesterday and it's Abanda hard Michigan A She's from Canada, Abanda. I should have known that. So, hey, great shot to me. Shout out to you, super producer, making sort of an appearance on this pod with that correction. Oh, yeah, and look, Francoise Abanda was so good in that second set. She stayed on McNally, who was clearly getting frustrated with her level of play, just wasn't finding the court with her big forehand, wasn't putting away first volley. She gave Abanda so many chances at a second pass, and at this level, you just, you can't give players that sort of opportunity, so Abanda able to take advantage uh, of that. She ends up grinding out a 7-5-6-4 win over the number 5 seed for Abanda. The fact that she was a lucky loser this week, uh, I mean, and now she's in the quarterfinals, so of course, that's just how it seems like life works on the tour. You look at where she's at in the rankings now, uh, this was someone who hovered really between 150 and 100 for about three years from 2016 to the end of 2018, dealt with injuries for most of last season, played sporadically, but the 23-year-old with this result back up to number 336 in the world quarterfinals in her first two tournaments of the season, and as I mentioned, we got the chance to talk to her after this win, so be on the lookout for that interview on our YouTube channel as well as that audio on the Cracked Interviews podcast later today. Uh, but a great win for her, a great match to start our day. It only got better from there. You look at the rest of the results. Let's move now uh, to another American winner, Claire Liu, the wild card who in her first or in her match last night knocked out Caroline Dollahide. I shouldn't say two days ago. Now last night she knocks off uh, the Midland finalist Angelina Kalanina, six one six four, and Kalanina had been playing great. Now she had a toe injury that forced her to withdraw from that Midland final. 
Uh, but I watched her level against Jamie Loeb in round one, and she certainly wasn't missing a step. But Claire Liu has looked so good this week. The young American, 19 years old, uh, you know, she she wins this match 6-1, 6-4. She just, it doesn't matter the surface. She can dictate. Her ground strokes, she takes them early. She's aggressive. She plays with no fear. She moves well. Solid first serve as well. I've been watching her hit with her coach all day. And you're just, you know, they're, they're practicing, simulating uh, positions, simulating patterns. And it's just like, okay, big first serve, then big backhand down the line. And she just, she executes that backhand flawlessly. It, I know it's easy to get lost in the Coco Goffs and the Amanda Nisimovas, obviously Sophia Kennans, Katie McNally's of the world. Uh, but Claire Lou belongs in the conversation right with them. And with this win now, she's back up to number 271 in the world. Still 140 off her career high, a career high of 137. But you know, she's 19 years old, and you do need to remember, for a lot of these women, you need a little patience. Like, it's not every time you're going to have a 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old breakthrough. Sometimes you got to wait till you're 21, 22, 23 to see all that work you put in pay off professionally. And that, Claire Lou's been top 150 before. It's a testament to her potential. You know, when we had the chance to talk to her as well, and you can see all of this on our Cracked Interviews podcast, and in fact, uh, it should be on YouTube later today, uh, she talked about it. You know, 2019 didn't go how she wanted, and so this past offseason, uh, it wasn't just the physical stuff. She's happy with where her game is at, but it was the mentality you need to have on the pro circuit. You can't be afraid to lose. You need to play to win no matter the circumstance. And, you know, when you're 19 years old, that's what one of the things you try to learn out there on the court through match experience is how to play to win at all times to erase that sort of fear. And you can see the aggression, the confidence she's playing with this week. Uh, I'm telling you, Claire Liu is not one to be trifled with, and it would not shock me at all if we see the young American. You know, to make that jump into the top 100, it's really difficult. Uh, You have to play a lot of tournaments. You have to have a lot of things go your way. But if it happens, I don't think it should shock anyone. Like, I, I really do think that Claire Liu is that talented and just another young American for us American tennis fans to be excited about. Uh, you look at the rest of the draws on the day. Fairly routine. You know, the number three seed, Madison Brangle. I'm just going to keep getting all these interviews plugs out of the way now. Uh, she knocks off Hannah Chang, 6'4", 6'4". Brangle talked about when we spoke with her how comfortable she is in indoor conditions, how you know confident she is after winning her first 125K of her career in Newport Beach earlier this year and you can tell I mean she just looks like she is in a rhythm right now she's played every Grand Slam I think main draw since the 2014 Wimbledon uh, and she just looks like it's, it's another year for her where we should expect her to be right around that top 100 for the duration of it. Another player who was right around that top 100 and in fact deeply it was ranked high in the in the top 100 top 50 Yanina Vickmeyer who I talk a lot about how hard some of these players are hitting the ball this week. No one is hitting harder than Vic Meyer, and in her match day, she knocked out the number eight seed young uh, American, another former world junior number one American, Whitney Osigway, six three six four. I mean, Vic Meyer was just crushing the ball, and we—I had the chance to watch this match. I got to tweet out a lot of the points on Twitter. If you haven't seen the highlights, go check those out because Whitney Osigway, oh my God. Like physically, what she is able to do at her age, her contact points, just how fluid she looks at the baseline. You can tell this is someone who spent her entire life at IMG Academy training. Everything just looks so easy for her on a tennis court. Uh, and yet, 
Yanina Vickmeyer showed her experience. She showed her maturity, just physically, what she was able to do, impose her will, get to the net, keep Osigwe behind the baseline. And, you know, that the fact that Osigwe was able to produce some of the shots she did from six, seven feet behind that baseline indoors, it's a testament to her physical talent. But Vickmeyer was the aggressor. She was the one dictating for the duration of this match. She was putting so much pressure on the Osigwe serve. Osigwe did a good job just to linger. She went down an early break, was down big 4 1 in that second set. Now, she ended up coming back, uh, getting it back on serve for 4-3. Um, I believe she got broken again and 4-5-3, but then broke back for 5-4, ultimately broken serving for the match 6-4. Um, but this was a really good match, and I, I do think Yanino Vickmeyer very easily could be our winner this week, and I know Osuga is probably kicking herself because round of 16 loss, she wins one match, loses the next. You know, you go 1-1 one one in a week, that's never going to leave anyone satisfied. Uh, but she just happened to run into what I think uh, could be the winner uh, of this tournament. So great performance from Yanina Vickmeyer. You look at the rest of the winners. Boost Kova, our number one seed, 4-4 four and four in a tricky match for Sepeda Roig. Uh, that was a, a fun one. Gabriella Talabo, the lucky loser here. Big week for lucky losers as she knocks off Robin Anderson, 6-7, 6-4, 6-2 in a match that Westoff asked me three times. He's like, that Anderson match is done, right? And I kept saying, no, man, they're still on court. He's like, no, 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 seriously, it's done, though. Because like, we were trying to get a Robin Anderson interview. I was like, no, man, I think she's still on court. Uh, so, unfortunately, we were unable to get that. And it's a credit to Gabriella Talaba, who she looked down and out multiple times in that match and that she was able to flip the script. A great performance from her. Our last two winners on the day, Olga Gavartsova, who dominated Astra Sharma 6-1, 6-love. Now, I think Sharma might be dealing a little bit with an injury. Uh, I know she was certainly uh, dealing with that after the match and just she was going to get treatment. But... Sova, another player who's just been crushing the ball all week long. Oh, uh, 1-0, testament. You don't beat anyone 1-0 at the professional level unless you are playing your best tennis. And then the upset of the day, Mona, Mona Bartel, uh, the German player, knocks out our number two seed, Jessica Pegula, 7-6, 5-7, You know, Pegula was not happy with some of the way things transpired in that match. There were a couple line calls she disagreed with. Certainly, you know, she was just mentally frustrated, I think, because Bartel keeps finding that big serve or that big plus-one ball, and there was just nothing Jessica Pegula could really do about it, and that's the price you pay when you're playing indoor tennis. Sometimes you're playing someone who finds that big serve, big plus-one, and you're just like, well, you know, I, there's nothing I can do today to change the conditions. It's perfect conditions in there for ball strikers, so... Uh, for a player like Mona Bartel, she was just, she was hitting everything cleanly, and Pegula scrapped. She did her best. She was down, uh, or they were on serve, I think, through five all in that second set, and then Pegula, Pegula got the break. But you know, too much Mona Bartel, who you know indoors, big hitters, people who are confident moving forward, you have an advantage there. So I think it's going to be a really fun set of quarterfinal matches to, today. It's going to be Vic Meyer versus Brangle, Buskova, the number one seed versus Abanda. Excuse me. Um, I believe we have Govartsova versus Bartel, and then the nightcap Talaba versus Claire Lou. So that should be really fun. Uh, and again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. We won't be there today, but we are so appreciative to our friends at the Kentucky Open. John Sanders, tournament director, his staff, Haley, Heather, uh, Cam, uh, just the, all all of them, all that they did. We cannot tell, you know, cannot emphasize enough how appreciative we were for them hosting us throughout the weekend. And hopefully, we'll get to go back there next year. It was a fantastic event that top seed tennis club shining through. How often is it that you have 12 courts, you know, six in a row, all located, six and six, all located in one facility like that? A perfect place for professional 
professional tennis. I know they, alongside of Center College, are hosting the Division Three women's indoors uh, in a couple of weeks, and I think it's going to shine. Uh, you know, that facility, it's ready. It is a bastion of tennis. Uh, so if, you, if you're in the area, you can go check that event out this weekend. Please uh, make sure to do so. And again, thank you to our friends there. That's all from the Kentucky Open. I do want to look a- across the globe because, again, so much tennis going on at all times. We don't want to leave you hanging, heading into your weekend stretch. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, let's flip now to the ATP where we've got three events going on this week. Uh, the ATP 500 in Rotterdam, the largest of the events. So that's where we're going to start. And it's been chaos there. None of the results going exactly as you would expect. There have been upsets galore, and that's always fun. You look at uh, what went down yesterday. Big upset on the day probably involves the young Italian Yannick Sinner who... It took the ATP world by storm at the end of last season. So successful on the Challenger Tour, got win, you know, made an ATP 250 quarterfinal, only to make the ATP 500, I think, quarterfinal at the end of last season as well. Was knocking. I think he beat Gael Monfils, then lost to him the next week. Uh, you know, he did so many different things. He ended up winning the next gen finals. Ben Rothenberg puts him in tier one when we do our best of the decade next gen pod tiers uh, at the end of last season as well. And, you know, I think everyone has been impressed by the young Italian. Talk about another guy who's fearless, who plays big at all of the moments. Uh, he did that again today. He knocks off the number four seed, David Goffin, 7 6, 7 5. Goffin had played a battle of a three-set match the day before, and you always wonder how much fatigue plays a factor. But for Yannick Sinner, he makes 65% of his first serves, wins 72% of those points, 55% of his second serve points. I mean, he has pro weapons at this point. And he's 18 you know, years old, and that's just the serve, the forehand, the backhand. He moves well for his age. He's not going to get thrown off physically. Can He can hang. He's not getting time taken away, and he's just running and slapping. This feels like a sustainable sort of power, uh, power play that we've seen from center and he was that good in this one more importantly you know creates eight break chances for himself converts three of them for David Goffin he created eight break chances for himself as well he only converts two of them when you're playing a top 10 player the margins are that thin you know in this one Yannick Sinner 98 points David Goffin 85 points Uh, Yannick Sinner just too good from the baseline, powerful performance, and now all of a sudden he once again finds himself in the quarterfinals of an ATP 500. So credit to the Sin Man. He looks better and better. He's currently down a set as I'm recording the 7-5, uh, but up 3-2 deuce uh, against Pablo Carreno Busta. So we'll see if we can get him in the semifinals of an ATP 500 this week as well or not. Uh, that was a big upset win. Other elsewhere another seed goes down maybe this was the biggest upset uh Alias Bedene 7-5-6-4 over Stefano Tsitsipas Tsitsipas just not finding his rhythm really all week long has struggled with the backhand return but credit to Bedene in this match 38 of 47 81% on his first serve points he found that Tsitsipas backhand he used that return to attack set up his plus one game uh he just played a solid match and perhaps more impressively you know 
Badene faces five breakpoints, saves them all. Tsitsipas only faces two breakpoints, but Badene gets the two breaks of service he needs on those points, and you know when the margins are that thin, as they often are at the professional level, that gets the job done. Badene 67 total points, Tsitsipas 63. You know, that's that's just tough for uh, Tsitsipas, and he's got a lot of points coming off his record over these next couple of months was so hot to start that 2019 season. So it's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts. I'm sure he would have liked to get his 2020 campaign off to a slightly faster start. Uh, those were the two seeds that lost. Other players who advanced, uh, Andre Rublev, Gael Monfils, continuing their fantastic form to start this season. Rublev 5-3 and three over Bublik. Gael Monfils 4-1 over Simone. Our other singles match result of the day, Krajinovic ends the run of Bashik Pospisil 6-4-7-6. That sends up, sets up a fun day of action on uh, uh, today. I mentioned Karina Busta and Yannick Sinner playing, uh, I believe, the uh, that is singles match number one on the day. After them, we will have FAA and Alias Badene. Monfils taking on Daniel Evans later tonight. Philip Krajinovich taking on Andre Rublev is the nightcap. So, fun day of action in Rotterdam. Elsewhere on the ATP Tour, let's go to New York next, where you know we had an all top notch management battle yesterday in round number two. Riley Opelka, the number three seed. An impressive 6-4-6-4 win over Nishioka, and I say, the reason I emphasize that, Opelka has a lot of points to defend this week. He's the defending champ. It was his first ATP title. We talked about uh, Braden Schnur's first-round loss, the effect it has on his ranking. Schnur right now uh, all the way down to number 176 uh, in the world. You look for Opelka and where he's at before uh, he really has to, or before these points really come off. With the final coming off, he drops all the way down to number 53. Uh, so even if he doesn't win here, you know, to get to the semifinals, the finals, just to make sure he stays inside of the top 50. And by the way, if he gets a win in his next match, he will move back inside the top 50 to around, number, I believe, up to number 49. So one more win for him is the number. I mean, those are the sort of things that matter with Indian Wells and Miami coming up. You don't want to be playing qualifying there if you're Riley Opelka. You want to get into that draw directly. So a big win for, for him over a tricky Nishioka for Opelka. I mean, you're indoors. 72% of his first serves go in. He's 39 of 50 on those points, 10 of 19 on second serve points, 20 aces against two double faults. He saves all four break points he faced and got the two breaks of serve he needed on Nishioka, who played really well. I mean, you look at the margins, it's a 13-point gap between them, but Nishioka made 83% of his first serve, 62% of those points he won. He won 70% of his second serve points as well. It was just Riley, you know, the way he plays big on those return games. He has one game where he makes two return uh, winners, and then he gets his one break, and just with that serve indoors, it's awfully tough to break him. So, great win for Riley Opelka. He may be I don't want to say happy, but the draw opening up for him as Jordan Thompson for the second straight year, uh, not him importantly, but knocks off John Isner early in New York last year. Isner lost to Opelka this year. It's to Thompson. 7-6-6-7-6-3, that only break of serve coming in that third set for Jordan Thompson. I mean, the margin of that one as thin as it sounds. Another seed got knocked out yesterday. All-college battle, fitting, as we're heading to the national indoors. U of M's Jason Jung knocks off TCU's Cam Norrie, 6-4-6-4. Second win for a Wolverine over a Horned Frog in about the past three weeks as U of M knocked off the TCU men's team during the dual match season already. A big win for Jason Jung, who you look at where he's at at the rankings, look at where he's at in his career. Jung coming into this one. 
Uh, number he's now number one twenty nine. He's fifteen off his career high of one fourteen. He wins one more match this week. He's going to get up to number one eighteen, just right on the precipice of that career high. And you know that's dare I say the vomit zone because you know you're definitely going to get into challengers, but you're probably not going to get into ATP five hundred or masters level qualifying. But you can probably get into two fifty, but. Which event do you want to play? Do you want to be a seed and a challenger? Do you want to maybe get a really tough match for front of the ATP 250? Who knows what it is? That is the vomit zone. But it's the zone you want to be in if you're Jason Junk, who at 30 years old has yet to crack the top 100 in his career. Such a talented player, and he's getting closer and closer. So good win for him over Cam Norrie. Our last result, Kyle Edmund, 6-2-6-4 over Dom Kopfer. Uh, I feel like we've talked about Edmund and his struggles a lot over the years, but with this win, he's back up to number 61 in the rank. Another win uh, gets him to number 55 in the world, so back close to that top 50. Uh, you know, for Kyle Edmund, the 25-year-old, he expected to be in the top 30, top 20, probably, given where he was in an Australian Open semifinal a couple of years ago. So good for him to get this season back on track with a strong start here in New York. For today's schedule, there all of our quarterfinal matches: Kesmendovich versus Umbert. That's a fun. I believe that was a next-gen finals matchup last year. So fun match between two young guys. Kyle Edmund going to play Sun Wukwan, the young Korean player, knocking off Milos Raonic a couple of days ago. Opelka is going to take on Jason Jung, and then Jordan Thompson going to take on Andreas Seppi. By the way, Riley Opelka, the three seed, highest seed remaining. Raonic out, Isner out. Uh, so Opelka, you know, draw-wise, he really, if he plays to the level he's capable of, there's no reason he can't defend his title here in New York. The last ATP match, and Westoff's rolling his eyes at me. He's like, how are you still talking? You know it's freaking 8.30 a.m., and we've been on the road since 4. Well, that's the perks I get, Westoff, when you're driving, and I get to take a nice little two-hour nap. Uh, let's talk about this last Argentina uh, ATP 250. It always is crazy to think that we are on clay this early, but couple of great matches there. Schwartzman three sets over Delbanis. Cuevas knocks off the seven seed. Ramos Venoles in three as well. Juan Ignacio Landero knocking out the six seed. Laszlo Jure in three sets. And Guido Pea three sets over Fasundo Bagnus. So three three set matches yesterday. Uh, three, excuse me. Four three set matches in Argentina yesterday. Testament to the parody there. The sort of tennis you can expect to see on clay. It's going to be a fun matchup of quarterfinals here. Montiero going to take on Pedro Sosa. Diego Schwartzman, Cuevas, Landero, Pea, Kasparud going to take on um, Dusan, the Deuce, Lajovic. So three Argentinian players left for a tournament in Buenos Aires. Would be cool to see one of them end up taking that home. That's all for the ATP side. You look at the WTA side real quickly. Two events over going on over there. You start in St. Petersburg. Uh, right now, Belinda Bencic taking on Maria Sakari. Bencic wins that first set 6-2. Rybakina had knocked off Dodin 6-7-7-5-6-2. Alexandrova gets a withdrawal victory after Petra Kvitova has to pull out with an illness. But in terms of yesterday's results, uh, we saw some good ones in terms of how we got here. Sakari 2-4 over Cornette. Alexandrova continues her fantastic start to the 2020 season. She knocks off Donna Vekic, who's looked really good thus far as well. 6-1-7-5. Kvitova got to her match after she knocked off Van Utvenik in three sets. And Kiki Bertens knocks off Kudermatova 1-2. and two. By the way, I saw on Twitter, I think it was from 
a fellow Alex, so I apologize for not citing you directly, but, you know, all of us Alexes out there, pretty good Twitter follows in terms of tennis Twitter, so, you know, you're, you're never uh, straying when you're following one of us, uh, pointed out that the DJ in St. Petersburg, as Kiki Bertens was coming onto the stage, played the Kiki Do You Love Me song from Drake. I mean, that's just, that's good planning. That's just taking advantage of your resources. So shout out to that DJ. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Rybakina today, uh, I believe, already knocking off Dodan Alexandrova, getting that win. So after Benchich Sakari, you'll get Potapova and Bertins there. That's going on in St. Petersburg. And Joaquin, I believe Alina Svitolina knocked out by Hibino, 4-2. and two. Uh, Teague knocks off, that's her, or sorry, that's Hibino's first top 10 win. Teague knocks off Zhang, 6-4-6-2. Lynette over Wang, 2-6-6-3-6-3. Uh, I believe the last quarterfinal match going on there right now, Wong loses that first set to Kung, 7-5, and Kung up 30-love in that opening game to get the early break. Uh, so that's all of your professional action at the ATP and WTA top, uh, top levels. You move to the challenger level, which, of course, we enjoy so much here, and the quality of play at the WTA 100K in Kentucky Open at this Cleveland Challenger I'm about to mention, uh, you know, right near the levels we're seeing at the New York Open at in Buenos Aires, so many of those players. Opelka, Jason Jung, as I mentioned. Uh, all of those guys have been seen and done well at the challenger level, so great to see them continue that success elsewhere. But, you know, there are a lot of really good players in Cleveland this week battling at the challenger level. So I just kind of want to look through those results real quick as we set up the quarterfinals there this weekend. There are going to be some battles at the top of the draw. Dennis Kudla uh, taking on Ernesto Escobedo. Kudla straight sets over Sebastian Corda. Escobedo, same thing over to Bilo, and we were at those Cleveland courts last year. They play fast, really, really fast. So, uh, you know, Ernesto, his big serve, his big forehand, not surprised to see him have success there. Also not surprised to see Dennis Kudla uh, indoors again. He was so good last week in uh, Dallas where he made the final. It's the guy who grew up at the Junior Tennis Champion Center in Washington, D.C. He's played so much indoor tennis over his career. Uh, not surprising at all to see both of those guys in the quarterfinals, and that's going to be a really fun match. Uh, Skander Mansouris, the former Wake Forest Demon Deacon, run ended by Watanuki, 6-4, 6-3. He's going to play the Ann Arbor Oracle Challenger Champion, Ulysses Blanche, who was a 7-6-5, 7-7-6 winner over Max Cressy. For Cressy, last year's Cleveland champion, he's going to drop to 251 in the rankings uh, after this, after losing those championship points. For Blanche, though, the flip side, what a start to his season. He's up with this win to a new career high, 262. I mean, and we talked about it all Ann Arbor. His serve, his forehand, that's an ATP-ready weapon. I mean, you're not going to find guys who hit the ball bigger than him now. Reining that firepower in will always be a balance he has to toggle, but he has balanced that very, very well thus far, just overpowering his opponents. And so great to see him advance to another challenger quarterfinal. J.J. Wolf knocked out, unfortunately, by Tomas Bellucci, uh, 6-3-6-4. Maybe Wolf just wants to come up and join us in Madison this week, make it in time, but great win for Bellucci on an indoor hardcourt. He's going to play Blansenau, who knocked off Ryan Harrison in three sets. And then our bottom matchup, Mikhail Torpegaard, 7-6-4-6-7-6 in a match that sound, that was just as good as the scoreline sounds over the number eight seed, Michael Moe. He's going to play Ray Sarmiento, the former U.S national champion who was a four and five winner over fellow college national champion jc aragoni of virginia so really fun matchups throughout that cleveland challenge
Challenger. Really fun matchups all weekend long. I want to remind you listeners one more time that we are going to be live at the ITA Indoors in Madison. Going to talk you through that schedule real quick. And I'm going off the top of my head. I, I, I mean, we've got, look, eight matches all day long, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time, so 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, you look at the draws, and I believe uh, it's top to bottom, or bottom to top, excuse me. So I know that to kick us off, we are going to be on the broadcast court. We'll have the higher seeds, so the top four seeds will be the matches we call all day. Uh, but I believe we have to start us off. Texas is going to take on UCLA. That, you know, by name brand recognition alone, that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, and then we've got, I think, USC TCU followed by uh, UNC South Carolina. And then our nightcap, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. All other matches on the day, Wake Forest, Baylor, Florida, Columbia, Michigan, Texas A&M, NC State, Stanford. I could break all of those down once again for you, but we did all that and more on our two part GSP ITA indoor preview Chris Hallioris, Matt Sikoyak and myself going all in, want to get you guys up to date with the biggest lineup questions which lineups have the depth, which lineups have the doubles prowess, who who are the top three single, you know teams, or the top threes that you should know most about which of these guys have pro players that you're going to be seeing eventually in places like the Challenger Tour, in places like ATP 250s, all of that and more I promise we covered on that two part GSP indoor preview so go give that a listen uh, and if you missed any of our coverage from these past couple of weeks on the road, uh, be sure to go check out our website, CrackedRackets.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We're so excited to be producing all of this content. Uh, we want to know what you, the listeners, think. So be sure, which so many of you recently have been reaching out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook in the DMs. And we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate it because we do all this content to try and make your fan experience just a little bit better. you know. And so if we are succeeding, if we're not succeeding, we want to know what we can do to continue to improve your fan experience so please continue to let us know and i want to thank all of you again who have already signed up for our patreon uh that of course being the subscriber-based subscriptions subscriber-based subscriptions hey great shot there alex uh we appreciate all of you who have taken that time because you know being on the road you incur more expenses than we would have before Uh, but we hope the quality of content has improved to the point where subscribing is something you're interested in and you know if you're if you haven't done that yet go check out the patreon page there's different levels of commitments as little as two dollars uh to as high as i believe 20 maybe even more than that i think it's like a hundred dollars and i have to come do your plumbing for the next month uh so you know just go check all of those little things out and we could we again appreciate so much uh that you guys have done already we also appreciate everyone who's already signed up for our free giveaway john isner steve johnson two former college all americans kind enough through our friends at aerobar to get us some more free gear they sign shirts uh, we are going to give those away to two lucky Cracked Rackets fans. Uh, all you have to do to sign up for that, leave a review, a subscription on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave a 
star rating with it as well in the comments section. Hey, I, I want in on the free shirts. And then, you know, by the way, great play-by-play call of X match or, you know, bad play-by-play call. Why are you doing Chris Halliers? You really, you guys don't have enough people from Kentucky already as a part of Cracked Rackets. You know, whatever it is you want to comment, just leave that in there. Get yourself signed up for that. Uh, so much content uh, from these past weeks that if you've missed any of it, again, Check out the website, CrackedRackets.com. This podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews Podcast. Like, rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends. If they're into college tennis, this is not the weekend they want to be skipping our Cracked Rackets content. So uh, be on the lookout for all of that coverage from Madison as well. Shout out to our my driver, our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, as well as our super producer, Max Fligner, for continuing to grind with me. Someone, I think, tweeted yesterday, uh, you know, I, they saw me as I was trying to get ready to interview Astra Sharma, and they were like, you look great, but my dude, you need, like, or we appreciate the pods, but you look like you need to sleep. You're only on two hours of sleep. My response to that, yeah, but I get to do the fun stuff. Imagine being Daniel Westhoff, who... Uh, he, you know, I give him a pot. I'm like, hey, I just recorded three hours of podcasts by 7 a.m. And then he's got to spend the whole day not only driving to the site, but then editing all the stuff, editing the videos we do, driving back home while I'm napping in the car. Just, you know, I, I have it way better than they do. So believe me, it's it's it, and it's it's not a, it's not work. It's really fun. Like the joke is on them. I'm getting I'm at a tennis event all day, uh, and I can justify it. So. That's half the fun for us here at Cracked Rackets. With that in mind, for our super producers, Max Leader and Daniel Westhoff, for our friends at Diadem and Aeropar, again, the promo codes respectively, CR54, all of your Diadem products, Cracked 30 for your Aerobar purchase. And for all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say? That's the break, and we will see you all this weekend. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.